Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. We have another early morning episode. Um, so again, we're going to be kind of doing the same thing as you guys are doing. I'm sure we get a lot of morning listeners. Uh, this is like morning AM radio, except the, the 2021 version. Reese, how are you doing this week? Yeah, no, I'm doing good, uh, except like minus the ads about every five minutes, right? I mean, we are guilty of, uh, you know, having that little manscaped, you know, push in there. But, you know, at the same time, the, the podcasting world has just has just changed sports radio for the better, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, man. It, it's so much better. I mean, I guess a lot of people are going to disagree with that because I know there's like, a lot of nostalgia with you know old shows like you know mike and mike in the morning yeah of course you know stuff like that but but and and no disrespect to those guys what they have done is literally legendary you know um but you know hey it's gonna be good to not get uh, uh a super hyped up applebee's commercial every five minutes um when you're listening to your morning sports radio. Yeah, that or like whatever mattress you need to be buying too, you know, like <laughs> come by and stop by one of our three million locations within the Chicagoland area at mattress. Bas- yes. I-, I think that's literally right <laughs> out of the uh the little ad pushes. But yeah, I mean here we are, Saturday morning, Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully y'all got some some good plans, uh grilling out, spending some time with family, stuff along those lines. I mean we all know that this part of the uh, the football offseason certainly isn't the most exciting, but you know Austin and I are kind of looking ahead to the 2021 season, doing what we can before training camp. That's when everything's really going to heat back up again. But yeah, definitely some interesting stuff for you guys today, uh, including a little defensive review. You know, the, the monsters of the midway, we're going to mm-hmm. be breaking them down. Are they really going to be monsters of the midway this season? You know, we'll go position by position. Also, a little bit of news, uh, news front. I mean, I guess even we can just jump right in. I guess to the, yeah, just get the into big it. news about uh, the ownership. Um, I, I know yeah. that I'm a little more spectacle as to, you know, or skeptical, spectacle, skeptical, <laughs> but uh, spectacle. a little more skeptical in spectacle. Right, exactly. A little more skeptical, skeptical. Geez, now I'm gonna mess that up all day. Um, about you know whether or not the McCaskey family would really pass on some kind of ownership, but. I know you kind of brought up a good point when we were talking about it before uh, we got into this podcast, Austin, about, you know, just some of the the court battles that have been going on in between. So it's really interesting, especially when you combine that and the the fact that the possible Arlington Heights move, there's some possible Mm. potential big changes coming up for the Chicago Bears that, you know, really goes against how this team has, you know, really ran in the past. Well, I think a lot of Bears fans are very excited about this. Um you know, a lot of people are very critical of the ownership, you know, thinking they haven't done the right thing. That's all too many times. And that's definitely understandable. Uh, I think there's definitely a benefit to having a really good ownership. But also there, when you when you have an ownership change, you're also kind of risking the idea that maybe your ownership gets too involved. Like the one thing that's good, I think, about the the current situation, the McCaskey family is while they are, I feel like at times a little bit slow to kind of progress forward. Uh, the one real, the one thing that I respect them a lot for is they tend to keep their hand out of football decisions. Uh, obviously that wasn't the case with the John Fox hiring. Uh, clearly Ryan Pace didn't make that decision. Um, it was clearly the McCaskies making it for him, but at the same time, a little bit understandable because he was such a young GM. I mean, he was in his late thirties at the time, youngest GM in the NFL sign. Uh, it kind of made sense to try to pair him with some, maybe an experienced coach. Um, obviously that 
<laughs> crashed and burned terribly. Um, but you know, kind of somewhat understandable. So I, I think there is a little bit of hesitance that we should all have if there is an ownership change. But at the end of the day, I mean, some of the people that they're talking about, uh, like bringing in, like for instance, one of the names that's been floated out there uh, pretty significantly. Now I know that the Bears actually do have some, uh, out, the McCaskies are really the majority owners and there are some minority holdings um, between a couple different people. And apparently they will have the right to like block an ownership move or like I don't know how exactly it's going to go, but there is some complications to everything. But a name that's been floated out there, uh, a lot of people hate him. You know, some people might love him is Jeff Bezos. And I, whatever you think about him as an individual or, or whatever that may be, the one thing that I have to say is it would be kind of crazy to see a Bears team with over Jerry Jones amount of wealth. Yeah. You know, like like Jerry Jones, you, we see the Dallas Cowboys in their facilities. When it's in draft night, the war room literally looks like the Death Star. <laughs> you know, like like it's it's insane. All their facilities are insane. They have a massive campus, way bigger than what we have over here at House Hall. I don't know if you've ever seen House Hall. It's not. It, I mean, it's bigger now that they did this recent expansion, but it's nothing even remotely close to the Cowboys. So I guess that would be cool. Like seeing how that progresses if he decides to build a new stadium uh, literally the richest man in the world right now so that'd be kind of cool yeah i figure if that ended up being the case if they ended up moving to arlington heights you know there wouldn't be that much of the racetrack that's left in the uh the stadium design we'll just put it that way i think it'd be yeah, built pretty right. much from the ground up it would be really interesting because like you said that would be like a jerry jones uh stan Kroenke of the la rams kind of level of of buying power um mm-hmm. which would just be a way different approach than some like the mccaskies have i mean not that the mccaskies are super tight with their pockets i mean this is a bears team that's usually pretty fairly close if not up to the cap especially on years where they're really going for it but mm-hmm. i mean it'd be interesting at least see that kind of change in approach and whether that's a good thing or not, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I would like to see the Bears be more aggressive in a lot of different situations. So I think that that would certainly help in that instance. Um, you know, I don't know how likely it is for someone like Bezos to pick up the team. Certainly, you look at a team like... Well, he said he wants he said he said wants uh, NFL team. So that's kind of where the rumors are coming through. Also, the Chargers say they might not be up for sale as well. So that, that could be potentially confounding, yeah. you know? That doesn't surprise me either, but uh, the Spanos family <laughs> out there. But um, yeah, I mean, it'd be really interesting to have someone like Bezos uh, take on that role, of course. I mean, like you said, he's very much a polarizing figure. Um, but, you know, I mean, certainly you look at the Bears and when where they stack up in worth to other NFL teams. Not that that really has anything to do with championships or anything like that. But, you know. I certainly feel like what I think the Bears are worth like two billion or something like in that kind of three point two billion. Okay, there you go. Is the estimate. And I think like the Cowboys are like something ridiculous. Like maybe if all of our listeners, maybe if we start a GoFundMe, we could buy the Bears. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Yeah, stop. You know, instead of writing us reviews, we love those—the five star reviews. You know, all that. Instead of that, focus your energy. Yeah, we'll do a GoFundMe. Open up your pockets for us and uh, life savings. Put it in there. Yeah, exactly. No, but all, all jokes aside, it'd be really interesting. I mean, even if other names came in here, you know, ultimately it'd just be a huge um, change in kind of just the way this team is ran. I mean, there mm-hmm. there is no other team in the league that has run quite like the Bears, where it has been kept in family. 
um, passed from, you know, the Hallis to the McCaskies in kind of that way. I mean, it's well-known, well-documented. Every time that, we, you know, you're watching a game on Fox, they go up there, they show the press box, they show Virginia, show the Suns, and like, oh, you don't talk about the McCaskies, the fact that they're a family-owned team. And, you know, one of the main differences is the fact that they don't really do any other side business, you know, outside of the Bears. Mm-hmm. Like, their life is the Bears. And while you stay... They're rich off the Yeah, while you stated they like to stay outside of football decisions, you really can't talk about the bears without talking about the McCaskies. I mean, a lot of these other teams you can kind of go about and talk about, you know, independent of ownership. I mean, owners are a huge deal, but you know, you can talk independent ownership, but there's an identity that is attached to the McCaskies with the bears and, and Hallis as well. If we want to go even further back, I mean, it's, it's on the jerseys mm-hmm. still, you know, GSH, George S. Hallis. I mean, it's, it's just something that's so attached to the team and certainly one of the main values that they try to drive across. Rather than GSH, we're going to have JB, Jeff Bezos <laughs> on, on the A little jersey. Amazon Prime kind of like uh, logo there. <laughs> Amazon Prime field. But honestly, like for – okay, hold on. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. About the, the whole Arlington Heights stadium situation, if we get an owner like Bezos, I feel like the Arlington Heights situation is almost less likely because – he has the money to literally find whatever location he wants in the city, demolish what's ever there, and build a stadium. There's nothing special about Arlington, if we're being completely honest. And if he wanted to just spend the money to completely transform uh, the, our current stadium, Soldier Field, he could easily do that. You know, like he could. It's not like that monetary benefit anymore. And I know Jeff Bezos didn't get to the position he is today by making rash money decisions. Obviously, there's going to be a profit line involved in everything. But when you're buying a franchise, it's a 3.2 billion dollar franchise, and could easily be worth way more than that as they continue to get better. You know, as you continue to, I mean, all a lot of things are incorporated into that. Is the current stadium, all, all different kinds of things are factored into that. I mean, he could easily take the stadium up to, you know, like the North Shore, add something there, whatever it may be. Put it in the lake. Uh, <laughs> in the lake, on an island. That'd be. Have you seen Baylor Stadium? They're, they're, it's kind of like on an island almost. It'd be, that's kind of sick. I mean, take it up to Mackinac Island and then place it right in the middle. Jeez, there. man. I mean, that'd be a little, that'd be tough for Bears fans to get to. That'd be like, what, like a nine-hour boat ride <laughs> to go see a Bears game? Like, <laughs> No no cars allowed on the island. Everyone has to yeah. walk. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, man. I... We, we've been complaining about the, the tailgate situation <laughs> currently. Get ready. Yeah, imagine for the ferry ride all the way up there. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for that one. But uh, Yeah, no, you're certainly right there. I mean, you know, for anyone that's listening in Arlington Heights, I mean, shame on Austin for, for shitting on your, your city. <laughs> nice place, you know, um, a quality suburb. It is nice. You know. Good Moe's burritos. Is there? Well, I, dude, that can't be a bad town then. If you got a mo. Once again, we are not a paid sponsor of Moe's, but it, if you have never been to a Moe's, you at least got to try it out, you know, hear that, you know, that little welcome to Moe's and it's, it just makes you feel like you're in a different place, you know, a different time, picking up a, a good burrito, a little, <laughs> different a little chips, you know, and, and you know, you're going to be rocking. So, you know, if they did do that, imagine going, hitting up Moe's before a Bears game. Perfect. You know, a little that'd three minute key. walk. To into the stadium it's gonna be it'd be nice um 
That's about as long as you can have it, though, too. You know, sometimes the Moe's got you, you know, panicking looking for the nearest bathroom. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the walk would not be <laughs> Okay. Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or rocking a six pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters the most. Make your dad proud this year and get yourself and him the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new in asterisks Lawnmower <laughs> 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and your dad in your life to compete complete your grooming game get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bare necessities at manscape.com reese yes well, t- tell me tell me a funny tell me a funny grooming story make me laugh make me chuckle well man that's that's an interesting one i mean i could either i could either start off with you know just evacuating all the nose hairs out of my nasal cavity <laughs> um or, I mean, honestly, nothing's really too funny, you know, especially with the lawnmower 4.0, um, keeping everything. It's strictly business. Yeah, it's strictly business. Strictly you know, the no-nick technology down there, you know, you don't got to worry about, you know, catching those little bleeders, you know. You're kind of going about there. You know, I'm not saying you can go wild, you know. Don't just start, you know. <laughs> don't go crazy. <laughs> don't go crazy. But at the same time, you know, you know you're going down there. You're, you're confident, you know. And that's the number one thing. You're feeling confident after you're done with the lawnmower 4.0, but you're also confident when you're using it. You know, you know, you got a quality piece of technology there. And really, it's because Manscaped are the global leaders in below the waist grooming. They just dropped their lawnmower 4.0. I hope you're excited as this for me. Um, you know, I I'm super excited. I know personally, I got my hands on it. It's been great to have it. This fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade technology to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Do you do you or your dad travel a lot? If so, then the 4.0 is the perfect trimmer for home and on the go. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. Hold on. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code bare necessities, no space. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year. <laughs> Show your original home some love with Manscaped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did not expect that one. Did not read that in the pre-show. That you know, that's pretty that's pretty funny. Um, but listen, guys, if, if you guys, you know, let, let's say you got a little bit of extra money around, you want to get your dad a Father's Day gift. Uh, you know, Manscaped is good products. I, I recommend it uh, to anybody. Helps us out financially when you do so. Um, and hey, just if you use our code or, you know, if you don't, just thank you guys for, you know, sitting through listening to our reads. Um, and we appreciate it. I was just saying, you know, if you're uh, if your dad is maybe the executive type, you know, maybe hook him up with that refined cologne on uh, something he Cologne's can nice. spritz on real quick in the morning before he heads out in the door. Um, and just feeling even extra confident rolling out in that suit and just knowing he's smelling absolutely perfect. And it, the the good thing about the clone is it's a very manly smell. No, yeah. You know, it's not like no it's girly not like sense it's, uh, in there. Come on, yeah, yeah, no, no, girly. smell like fruit. Uh, 
<laughs> you don't want a raspberry cologne. That's really gonna ruin your day. Yeah, absolutely not. And that's not not something you want to be going off to. And, and you know, you're someone that's manscaped. You want to be feeling confident and bold. And you know, you, you don't need to be questioning how you're smelling out there. That's for sure. Absolutely. And you know what, Reese? I almost forgot. We have a review. Oh. A, a written review. I'll read it out. Hold on one second. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> a nice one star hate review. <laughs> Yeah. One star. These guys are assholes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, great podcast. This was left on Tuesday uh, by inserts funny name here. You know, let, let's think of a, what, what, what's a good funny name for him. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll think about it. Brian uh, Erlacher. As we continue to go. <laughs> this is from Brian Erlacher. No. Um, five star review. Gets the point across while being funny. The best Bears podcast I've listened to in a long time. Now, I've listened to a lot of Bears podcasts, but the Bear Necessities podcast stands out because the hosts have humor, are both positive, and both bring a lot of great information about the Bears every single podcast. Thank you so much. Um, Again, ratings and reviews. I don't think you guys realize how much they help us. Every single time we get even just one rating, like specifically the written ratings, it just catapults our views up and we appreciate it so much uh, because it's just in the future going to help us bring you guys better content. We've talked so much about wanting to incorporate video. We have a lot of great ideas for the podcast. The only real constraints right now is, is the monetary constraint. And we're, we're, once we uh, kind of surpass that, I mean, it's going to be the sky's the limit for us. Uh, we want to do so many things. I know, you know, we're, we've talked about, you know, potentially like all different types of video content um you know we going to going to training camp you know i'm in la <laughs> going to training camp is, is pretty pricey for me you know <laughs> so so stuff like so stuff like that that's kind of what it helps us out with i mean we've all the money that we've gotten we've put it all back into the podcast we've definitely still ran this at a, at a strong loss <laughs> so so uh it's not like we're, we're just racking in the dough and trying to be greedy with you guys we really really appreciate it thank you so much for the rating and review and we love to hear uh that we are your favorite bears podcast because you know i remember when we started this out we're like you know how initially in the beginning we're like how are we going to compete with the big guys at the time and, you know we but i mean i listened to a lot of podcasts at the time i knew uh, some some good podcasts, um, you know that, that's always a concern. So it's good when you get going. It's good to not to know we're not your you know Plan B, Plan C type of situation. When you're Plan A, we we really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I mean especially uh, you know I don't know about the whole both the co-hosts you know providing you know quality information. I think Austin generally provides some pretty shitty takes, but <laughs> 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 no, nah, it's usually uh, usually flipped around, but. <laughs> No, it, it's a it's a one it's a one. Uh, Reese Reese is holding up the boat for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least I'm tough enough to stay out here in Chicago and deal with the the weather, and not even really <laughs> Chicago. I mean, out here, uh, still kicking it more out by here by NIU, the Husky country. Um, but yeah, I mean, a little bit more into the Bears news. Um, oh, why am I already blanking on the damn name, dude? Breland. There Breland. we go. There we go. That see, these are the takes that you only get from us, right there. You got to recollect, understand where we're at, and reposition. Let me let me start off and with we this. Won't edit it let me out. start with this, Austin. You know, when we originally originally started talking about Rashad Breland a little bit before, I was like, eh, you know, I don't really know how many defensive free agents that the Bears can really add. I mean, I got a couple a couple names 
out there. You know, that I think would be a, a decent ad for them. But I really think that Rashad Breeland might be the best value ad for this Bears defense. I mean, realistically, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's still a lot of defensive free agents out there, but the cream of the crop are, are, are certainly gone. And when you look at the Bears' defensive depth chart, which we'll get into, you know, pretty much momentarily, we're, we're pretty stacked up. I mean, especially you know, we talk about the front seven; it, it's quality. I mean, there's certainly a need for depth in, in certain places, but I think that mm-hmm. really the one spot that I think is a little bit vacant, and I don't mind. I don't mind. Kyle Fuller, getting rid of Kyle Fuller, I definitely understand where they're coming from. Don't mind at all. Support it, to be honest with you. But who they have in there in Trufant, not a bad corner by any means. But I think if we're looking at one place where we can really kind of add a little bit of value here, I say why not? Pick up Rod Rashad Breeland. You know, he's pretty versatile. You know, we talked about this a little bit. Even Austin and I before this were struggling to find out where he even plays more. You know, does he play more inside slot? Mm-hmm. Does he play more outside? Seems like he can play a little bit of both. Maybe tends playing outside a little bit. You know, he had, uh, I think he's most recently been on the Chiefs. He's been on Washington beforehand. You know, he's been on Packers. Yeah, he's been on a variety of teams. Has had a pretty extensive career. Originally came out of Clemson. But he's someone that, especially for the price tag that's probably going to come with him, I think you throw him opposite of um, Jalen Johnson, and I'm feeling more confident about that than I am with Desmond Trufant, just flat out. I think that just his skill set um, is just a little bit more usable, a little bit more you know friendly to the Bears system even, because, I mean, the Bears aren't like a super press-high team. You know, They don't need someone that's extremely physical, and I think that Breland kind of brings the, the speed and instinct you know, he's not like a, a super fast guy, but I think he brings those reaction instinct that ultimately that Kyle Fuller brought that was good for this defense. So I think that he's someone that you could throw in there, you know, hopefully not have to sign for too much and can feel pretty confident about lining him up opposite. And then, hell, I mean, if we do find out that Trufant's a better at that position, I mean, he literally has like a $1 million price tag. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then you play Trufant. I mean, it is what it is. Um, having depth certainly isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, and there's our other kind of corners out there on the team, like uh, Kendall Vildor, that could possibly even soak up that role that I know both you and I are pretty high on. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I think that really with Rashad Breeland, I, it's not like I would – here's the thing. I don't think he's going to come in and be this, like, world-beating cornerback. He's probably going to be okay, you know, absolutely. truthfully. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's the reality we're faced with is that whoever's going to play at that other cornerback position – it's a temporary fix for, I mean, I, I can only imagine the Bears are looking towards next year to actually rebolster that position uh, after, you know, ne- next year is really <clears throat> going to be a massive uh, inflection point for the Bears because they're going to add a lot of talent in free agency. I mean, we're looking at the cap numbers and the Bears could have up to like 60, 70 million dollars, depending on the actual cap figures where they end up. Things are kind of up in the air because of COVID, but they're going to have a lot of room to work with. Now, they do have some contracts they're going to have to re sign, like, uh, you know, Bilal Nichols is coming up. You know, they have guys like Allen Robinson who's going to need a new contract. So that that that's withstanding, but still, you know, 70, 80 million dollars, 60 minimum probably is a lot of money. Okay. So with, with Prashad Breland, He's an okay corner. You know, he's bounced around the league a little bit. He's good enough. He's younger than really any of the other options we have. And and I like that. You know, I think that Rashad Breland, because he's so young, it's going to give us, a, you know, it just get him in there and have him compete. Get him in there and have him compete. Um, I don't think he's ever played in a defense this good. So that's 
could be beneficial for him. Um, and yeah, I, you know, just that's all we need. I'm just looking more at the numbers game situation here. And right now it's kind of seeming like Desmond Trufant might be gifted that position. And I don't want him to be gifted that position. I want him to actually have to fight it out. Um, but since we're talking about this, maybe it is a good uh, time to yeah. start talking about the actual cornerbacks on the roster. So I'll go ahead and read them out. <clears throat> We have Jalen Johnson, who's going to be our number one. And before we move on to the other players, a lot of how our cornerbacks play next year is going to depend a lot on Jalen Johnson, uh, seeing if he can actually take that step up to a true number one. I think he can, uh, but that's obviously not given. Uh, he's played; He played amazing. Uh, he, you know, it's almost hard to say that he didn't play cornerback one last year because Kyle Floyd wasn't always – his entire career, he wasn't always on the the best wide receiver uh, for opposing teams, just because of kind of his play style. Um, where Jalen Johnson, he did take some, you know, essentially number one reps last year. He performed well with them. Um, but then we have in the second position uh, Desmond Trufant, and then backing them up, we have Artie Burns, Kendall Vildor, uh, Trey Roberson, Duke Shelley, Tease Tabor. Forgot he was even on the team. Uh, and Xavier Crawford. Now it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out because for instance, Kendall Vildor, I know that he can be a really good slot cornerback and I have a lot of faith in him there, but do they want to try him at outside? He's a little short for the outside. I think he's like five, nine, five, 10. It's a little short for an outside cornerback. Um, pretty typical for uh, a slot cornerback. So do they want to actually try to put him at that outside to compete with Desmond Trufant? Really, the one player that I'm interested in here, if we don't add um, someone like Brashad Breland, is Artie Burns. Yep. Because Artie Burns, I don't, I don't know if you remember in last camp, Artie Burns was getting a lot of hype for how he was, he was playing good. before he tore his ACL. Yeah, he was playing great. And he's young, too. So he's, he's pretty young. He was a former first-round pick. Maybe he can step in here, have a great off season. You know, I know he tore his ACL, but maybe, maybe having that time off to kind of, you know, I know he's been uh, clean for a little bit, like as far as like the surgeries go. So maybe he's had a little bit of time to work on his skills even more since that point. Um, you know, maybe he could pressure Desmond Trufant for that right cornerback position. That's best case scenario in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. He's the ultimate dark horse right here. I mean, he is someone that, the if he boom like the boomer bust with him if he booms could be an excellent pickup as far as just ha getting him for mm -hmm. dirt cheap i mean he's been this will be a second camp with the team like you said unfortunately last year picked up that acl towards the end of camp too or maybe like middle towards the end of camp mm -hmm. which was really unfortunate because people were starting to get pretty hyped up about him i know that you and i were pretty interested to at least see see him go out there and compete and i'm very interested to see how he comes back again if you got a Jalen Johnson, Artie Burns, like you said, they'd both be really young. That'd be a really young quarterback tandem. If that works out well, that'd be amazing. I mean, that, like you said, that is best case scenario. Um, mm -hmm. If you throw someone like Breland in there, you know, that could possibly work up well. Probably doesn't, you know, work out quite as well if Artie Burns comes out there and kills it. And then, of course, I'm really interested to see, you know, Kendall Vildor. I, I think that he's someone that could be a really long time nickel in this defense with the possibility of, you know, hey, worst case scenario, you bump him outside if you really need to, like we saw mm -hmm. in some instances last year. I think he's got a good eye for the ball. I like how he reacts. I like where he stays in the defense. I think he's versatile, too. He can play man and... Really good tackler. Yeah, he can play man and zone. He really brings everything that you need. He's not 
amazing or great at anything. I don't think he'll ever be like a star corner in the league, but I think he's someone that really provides a lot of value here. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring. And then of course, you know, Duke Shelley, um, you know, not to sleep on him too much, but he's a good backup for that nickel. Um, and also, you know, can bring some value in special teams as well. So, I mean, ultimately if they're able to, if either Artie Burns, um, Artie Burns, Desmond Trufant play well, this is going to be a, a still a decent grouping. I mean, maybe not quite as strong as they mm-hmm. were last year, but certainly not a huge liability. Um, and, and if, you know, the front seven can even take another step, step or two forward, you know, you really realistically in the league, you can get by with having a somewhat, you know, be lacking just a little bit at the cornerback position. I mean, I know Absolutely. there's some teams, you know, teams like the Ravens really like to spend high on their corners and, and it can have value. I mean, if you go all out and try to get great corners, you can certainly bolster your defense that way. But there's also ways where you can make up, you know, lacking a little bit in the secondary. And I got to be honest, I I feel like we kind of skipped over Desmond Trufant. I don't think Desmond Trufant was that bad of a signing. I think that... Great value. I mean, know, for the contract that got him I, on, it yeah, was a great pickup. Great, great value. And he didn't have a great year with the Lions. Neither did the Lions. What was it? Like number three overall pick with uh, whoever they drafted from Ohio State. I can't even oh, remember. Man, yeah, neither can right I, now. but... <laughs> the, the one that was so hyped up and then was immediately terrible <laughs> with the Lions. I mean, who's surprised, um, but, though? I mean, not not that he busted, no, yeah. but the fact that he was bad with the Lions, especially in Patricia's scheme. Yeah, it's not even it's it's not even all that much his fault, but it, it's just it's just kind of funny that he, he comes out with the title of one of the best cornerbacks to come out in a very long time and then immediately is terrible. Uh, but Desmond Trufant, the year before, Desmond Trufant was pretty good. I mean, uh, what... From Falcons fans that I've talked to, I, I know a couple of close Falcons fans in my life. They told me that they thought that Desmond Trufant, when he was with the Falcons, was a slightly below average cornerback one. So now that he's playing the cornerback two position, I know if we kind of not don't think about the Lions because you know that could that's really the outlier of his career. I know it's concerning that it was just last year, but you know maybe he can return to the form that he was at. And a slightly below average number one cornerback as a number two cornerback is a very good number two cornerback. So, you know, I, I, if that happens and we got him for a $1 million contract, he could be a really good short-term answer thinking one, two years. Um, and then, but ideally the best case scenario is that Artie Burns really steps up, steals the job from him. And then you have Kendall Vildor in the slot. And then you have a really young uh you know, cornerback trio, really. You have a very young cornerback trio. And, you know, the thing that, that tells me that Artie Burns was actually doing really well and it wasn't just, you know, hype up from last camp, the Bears signed him even though he tore his ACL. They brought him in on a one-year, $1 million deal last year. And they a deal where it's like, okay, I, we could cut you before the season if we wanted to. He tears his ACL, which is not an easy injury to come back from. And they still give him a new contract. I mean, that that shows that he proved something. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see what he can bring. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, with um, with Trufant as well, I, I think that there's certainly this is going to be an exciting group to watch in, in camp. You know, I, I think overall, mm-hmm. I mean, the secondary in general, kind of like a logical moving on point. You know, like. Of course, Eddie Jackson, Sean Gibson, we expect them to be the starters. But, you know, Jordan Lucas, Marquis Christian, DeAndre Houston, Carson, Dion Bush, kind of routing out the rest of that secondary when we look at the cornerbacks and safeties mm-hmm. as a whole. It's an interesting group. It's an interesting group. It's not 
bad by any means. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. This is a huge year for Eddie Jackson. This is a huge year. It is a it is a huge year, and I think that Eddie Jackson will raise rise to the occasion. I do not like what Chuck Pagano is doing with right. him in the scheme. Yep. It was pretty clear that the second Chuck Pagano stepped in, Eddie Jackson just was not used in the same, same way he was before. And while Eddie Jackson is a great safety, and I think that he is still one of the best players on this Bears defensive squad, you he's one of those players that he's very scheme dependent. And while that's not great for some players, it can be amazing for others i mean at to a certain extent a lot of players are very scheme dependent a guy like roquan smith is very scheme dependent so having eddie jackson back in the way that he was used initially i think that's going to be so tremendously good for him um even last year in a scheme that he was not comfortable with didn't fit very well the the way that he he, i mean let's be honest he had like three defensive touchdowns called back three or four i mean that's pretty incredible even in a scheme that um, wasn't super relying on him. And if we're being completely honest, Eddie Jackson had so many games where he was never targeted once. So a lot of teams are just choosing not to throw his way anymore. But nonetheless, we'd like to see him come up with a little, a couple more picks. I think that they're going to do that this year. I'm honestly more concerned with the Tashawn Gibson, uh, him being there. Listen, Gibson did pretty well for us in the beginning of the year, I thought. Yep. But... I just and I think that he is a good, you know, you know, ball hawking safety, but pretty much is what he's been with us. I mean, he had like three interceptions last year and a couple at very key moments. I don't know if you remember uh, in the Falcons game, mm-hmm. he, he he took a pick in the Panthers game. He took a pick. I think he took it to the house, too. Um, you know, Sean Gibson has some good hands and some good vision when, once he gets the ball in his hands. But I just feel like what the Bears have desperately missed and they've really done nothing to replace it is a a strong safety that's able to really help in the run game. You know, I feel like that's the one. Adrian Amos, I'm not sad at all that we let him go. I think that his contract with the Packers, he is so not worth that that price point. I mean, they he's getting paid nearly the same as Eddie Jackson. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, they would disagree, but I almost have to say that it's because they've had such terrible safety play in, in, in previous years. So, you know, Adrian Amos is nothing special, even in the slightest. He's not going to make a Pro Bowl. Um, but anyways, uh, to Sean Gibson, I just, we need someone who's going to help in the run game. That's why I was saying in our pre-draft coverage that I just, I really wanted us to draft a strong safety. I feel like, you know, we could really benefit from getting a good young name in there. I know that they went a little early in this draft, but you know, I think that, you know, strong safety would have been great for us here. I hope we draft one next year. I think next year we're going to have a lot of dedication to the defensive secondary. Um, but ultimately, you know, I guess like the the upside on this defensive group is very good. It's top ten potentially, you know, top seven, top, even top five if Eddie Jackson returns to form. Um, but the downside, is, I think, is average. I think this group could play average next year. So yeah, I mean, to Sean Gibson, I mean, he needs to you know get manscaped, get confidence, get with his balls, you know, and get up there <laughs> in the run game a little bit. He's someone though he could use a little bit of benefit too and scheme work for him. Because there's certainly ways in the defense they can make him yeah. more effective. I mean, shade him off, bring him up, act like he's going to you know, come in on a blitz and then drop him back in the coverage and watch him go to work and pick up a couple picks that way too. There's ways mm-hmm. that he can be used you know, to the benefit of the coaching staff too. I think it's mutual. I think that Sean Gibson needs to do a few things. I think that you know Desai needs to have a couple of things in mind too to really bring out the full effectiveness of him. 
I don't mind this the safety tandem. I mean, I think you know I'll wrap in here. Just I think one of the decent possible free agent ads would be bringing in someone like Kenny Vaccaro. I mean, he's thirty. Um, recently had a stint with the Titans. Originally drafted out of Texas, had a like a really high grade when he came out of the draft. I mean, he was really kind of heavily, um, you know, anticipated. People were really expecting him to do big things, and not that he hasn't quite lived up to the billing, but I think he's started to tail off a little bit in recent years. But he's someone that does bring that really physical side. I mean, Texas is known for producing mm-hmm. safeties with the kind of that edge. I mean, uh, look at um, who's the guy, man, with all the Ravens had all the issues um, that came out of Texas. Oh. That safety. Uh, yeah, you're the one he's on the, about, the um, Seahawks too originally. Um, you can pull that up, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'll pull it up. yeah, I mean he's the one that would really kind of bring that edge. So I think he'd be a decent add there, especially at the right price. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how he'd fit into the size system, but if they wanted to walk him up, I think he's someone that would certainly, um, certainly welcome that. Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas. I knew it started with Earl somewhere in there. Um, yeah, he's a free agent too, but wow. I think he's a little got kind of lost. <laughs> I don't in, see uh, anyone really picking him up. <laughs> issues, but, so yeah, I don't either. But you know, I, I think very, very interesting issues to come about as a football player to end your career. Yeah, I think that it's. Um, I think Vicaro would be a decent add. I, I do like Gibson uh, and also Eddie Jackson. I think he will do well this year. And, and even the Bears, they got good depth at the safety position too. That's really not brought up too much. Um, DeAndre Houston Carson, mm-hmm. great on special teams, really not bad out in the secondary either. I mean, he's not no, not, not someone that I feel too uncomfortable with back there. And star of every preseason yeah, abso- game ever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and Deion Bush has just been probably the greatest Bears depth. Uh, secondary member that I can remember in recent memory here. I mean, I if I'm being honest, I I wouldn't be too upset with seeing Deion Bush play that strong safety position. A, I think Deion Bush could beat out Trishon. There's a lot of uh, I think a lot of people that would share that kind of belief, and, he, and it, even last year there was kind of rumoring rumors that that might happen. You know, uh, rumorings I guess would be the, type, the the correct word that that might happen. So overall, I mean, we're looking at the secondary, like you said has a lot of upside they could possibly be average at worst i think and, and when you look mm-hmm. at you know some of these names that they have you know especially along the the line akeem hicks eddie goldman Bol- hold on hold on i, I, I want oh, to give say? my free agent i got oh, oh, i have some free okay, agents. okay, okay yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so before we switch over let me just give out a couple free agent names I like Malik Hooker. I think that he's had a really That's terrible a stint with yep. injuries. Malik Hooker's good. Uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, I grew up an Ohio State fan, Ohio State player. Uh, really had a lofty expectations for him in the NFL. Had a really good rookie year. Had some fo- good follow-up. Flashed a lot with the Colts. Flashed a ton with the Colts, but could never play stay healthy. I think he's, he's lost. He's in his on his rookie contract, he was – injured for well more than 16 games like I think like in the 20 20 games marks so super big injury concerns I would like for him to either back up Eddie Jackson because I know he's typically more of a free safety or maybe he can become more of a strong safety for us um you know he I here's the benefit with Malik Hooker is I think that he would do well in the Adrian Amos role 
but I, I don't know if he would necessarily provide the I, – I feel like the physicality they might ask of him could potentially put him in some compromising situations. Um, and then two other names, Richard Sherman. I think that while, again, we're looking at a one, two-year window for this second cornerback, Richard Sherman I think would be a great add there. Um, love Richard Sherman as a player. Love him as a person. I think he's a really good football character guy. Um, you know, I, I like the attitude he brings. And I think the one thing that this Bears unit desperately needs and this entire Bears team is some more gritty players like Richard Sherman. I think that he would just be an amazing locker room ad. Um, and then Gary and Conley, another Ohio State, ex-Ohio State player. Uh, people forget how good he was coming out of college. Had a, had a decent year uh, this past year. Um, young cornerback as well, just some more youth, maybe bring him in to, to compete with Artie Burns. But yeah, those, those are just some names I have on the top of my head. I would like to see them add another name, uh, truthfully. Malik Hooker, I think he's great. Uh, a lot of range. I think that's definitely his best quality. I mean, that man can start in the middle of the field and end up on either sideline um, at the end of the play, which is really what I like most about him. I'd be a little... A little worried about putting him into strong safety because, as you said, about that physicality. I just haven't seen it from him mm-hmm. personally. Just mm-hmm. haven't seen it. Um, so I would be a little worried about that. Richard Sherman, definitely a great add, like you said, in the locker room as far as like mentality and all that. Um, and, and someone that would, you know, of course, give this defense another another edge. And, and so much personality too, right? Which I think in that right would where is where he would provide the most value. Um you know, not that we've really seen it too much in his career. I just know at some point he's going to lose a step, and I wouldn't want it to be when he's mm-hmm. here. You know, with the Bears getting burned off the edge, mm-hmm. and you know, here we are giving up huge touchdowns all the time. It hasn't ever been as memo in his career, but I feel like it's bound to happen at some point. So, it with all the injuries and everything, it's 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 hard to imagine that he won't. I mean, he's had multiple torn Achilles, but I mean, he always comes back from them. Yeah, it, it would be it would be interesting to I mean if I don't know how much of an innovator Desai is, but if they did want to bring in someone like Malik Hooker, they could really do some interesting things with this defense. A lot more zone looks. I, a lot more zone I, looks. Yeah, and I was thinking literally a zone look, and this is gonna sound really out of left field to a lot of people, but doing a two free safety basically defense. You know, ha- having yeah. two free safeties back there, and that doesn't mean you get rid of a strong safety. But then maybe you go kind of to more of a standard nickel look. Um, and instead of having um, Kendall Vildor out there all the time, which might not even be a bad thing, but you could do a hybrid strong safety look um, with someone like Tashawn Gibson or maybe even Kendall Vildor because he is a more solid tackle. You drop him in there, down there, he can act like a corner, act like a strong safety, um, act kind of a little bit like an outside linebacker. That's definitely a huge kind of college football formation and something that, you know, I'd definitely could see bleeding a little bit more into the NFL. We already have, you know, bleeding into the NFL. And there's been there's been times where defensive coordinators will take out linebackers and, and try to replace them with safeties for certain packages that they run. Um, so, I mean, having some more flexibility there with players would be beneficial. But, yeah, Reese, you can go ahead and, 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 and send us to the new position. Yeah, of course. I, I, we'll start off along the line. Of course, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, are the big ones. That's your, you know, your left defensive end, uh, nose tackle, right defensive end, and then for depth, you know, we got Angelo Blackson, Kyrus Tonga, Mario Edwards, which is just, you know, the absolute kind of gleaming piece out of this bunch. Um, and mm-hmm. Sam Kamara, Daniel Archibong, uh, Lakeo London, and Thomas Schaefer. 
you know, really, I think that, you know, they do have depth here. But Mario Edwards Jr., I mean, as someone that I think could have a huge year for this team. Last year just looked so damn good. He was one Mm -hmm. of the best-looking players on this defense. I mean, there was times, some weeks, where it's like, man, you know, watch Mario Edwards go to where Khalil Mack is, you know, making an impact and and certainly freed some things up for Mm -hmm. Mario Edwards sometimes. But, damn, like, there were weeks. I mean, he started off on a good note, too. He just played really well in that Mm -hmm. opening uh, game last year. I think he had two sacks in his first game. Yes. I mean, he looked really strong. Um, He's someone that I think he brings me a lot of hope along this defense. I think that, you know, rotating him out with Bilal Nichols or even anywhere else along uh, the defensive line, you know, with the exception of that nose tackle position that Eddie Goldman's going to be holding down. And and the names, Bilal Nichols and Mario Edwards Jr. just give you a lot of flexibility. Because, of course, we watched Bilal Nichols play that nose position last year and and really – I think impressed both of us with how well he was able to tackle that position, even though he's not necessarily the biggest guy in the world. Um, so really excited mm-hmm. to have that option of pushing him back out to defensive end. I mean, that, that starting three is great. And then you bring in the rotational piece of Mario Edwards Jr. I think it looks really, really strong there. Angelo Blacks and Kyrus Tonga. Okay. I mean, I think that they're, they're pretty good. I think Angelo Blackson is someone that also kind of gives you a little bit of that rotational not someone that's going to take a lot of snaps away, like someone like Mario Edwards would, where he's going to be a heavy rotation player. But, you know, someone where on those longer drives, you don't feel completely um, adrift by throwing him in there. So I'm honestly, I'm excited for this defensive line next year. And I think that, you know, one of the potential ads could be someone like Jarrell Casey. And this kind of goes more along with um, the Desai maybe being extra flexible. And I don't expect it from him. Um, but something if this Bears defense really wanted to take it up to another notch is just running like a multiple D, right? I mean, having the 3-4 mm-hmm. but also being able to flex out into a 4-3 or just having a front four in general um, for certain situations. Jarrell Casey is kind of a, uh, someone that can play a 1 or 3 technique, which really doesn't line up with the 3-4 defense, uh, defensive scheme that well. Um, you're looking usually for the more 4 technique um, you know, to hold it down there. But I, I think mm-hmm. that... He's someone that could give a good ad, and if we want this Bears defense to go from from great to like absolutely spectacular, if this defense just starts throwing you multiple looks and kind of is just like, you know, this defense has the ability to look a lot like that Broncos Super Bowl team defense where they can just be yeah. absolutely chaotic. Like you just could not handle, mm-hmm. you know, Von Miller and you know, um, Ware on the other side. I mean, yeah, Demarcus it, Ware. It's just it, it becomes too much and. This Bears defense really does have enough quality players in that front seven to mix it up, throw different players at different positions, and and and, and do whatever. I, I really like the upside that this defense is bringing just from that front seven um, in particular. Absolutely. I, no, absolutely. I, I really like the front three. And this front three is going to instantly get better because we have Eddie Goldman back. That was absolutely, such a huge yeah. hole. I, Bilal Nichols, he filled in well for Eddie Goldman, but Eddie Goldman is so good at handling the run. He is just so good at handling the run. He's so good at getting that frontward push that's so important out of these zero-tech nose tackles. Just really just like pushing the center all the way back. It leaves a lot of flexibility for, you know, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols to stunt inside or go outside. You know, it's just at such an underrated position and such a big position of need. Kyrus Tonga in the seventh round, I'm going to say this. 
great seventh round pick because he's going to be a really good backup for Eddie Goldman. Yep. You know, he kind of has that same MO where it's just this big dude going to be great against the run. Going to give the Bears a lot of flexibility. If Eddie Goldman's tired, they can throw Kyrus in there. Eddie Goldman's still really young. I think he's like 26. He's been on, it's, he's been on this team for what seems to be like forever. Uh, but you know, he, he, he's just so good and he gets better every single year. I, I have yet to see a year where Eddie Goldman gets worse every single year. He gets slightly better. It's been like a, a slow upward trajectory. Um, very underrated nose tackle in this league. One of the best in the league for that zero tech position. Obviously only about half the teams in the NFL have a zero tech, probably even less than that. I feel like four, three is really more popular nowadays, but, um, you know, it, it, I, 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 I like the three, four and person. not to cut you off, but what you're really looking for out of that nose tackle position that, that Tonga and Goldman can both bring you. You're not even looking for that much penetration. You're looking them for knock the center into the backfield. They really just need to push yeah. that line backwards. And, and what that does is just mm-hmm. free up, you know, both the defensive ends and also the outside linebackers by just creating mm-hmm. that little bit of penetration, I mean, on a passing play, just to get that lineman a little bit co- closer to the quarterback. On the run play, mm-hmm. you're making that initial push back. That allows for basically everyone else in that front seven to have a better look at where that run play is going. I mean, you know, for someone like Roquan Smith, he's getting a better idea of what hole they're coming through. Um, if it's an outside run, it's making mm-hmm. that running back take a little bit of a step backwards, which is lying someone like Khalil Mack or uh, Robert Quinn to uh, get into the backfield and get that tackle for loss. So ultimately, yeah, I just, you know, really couldn't be more satisfied with this front three, like you said. And also, and we're going to get into the linebackers in a minute, but Khalil Mack can also play defensive end. He's an all pro at that position as well. Uh, Or I guess it's, yeah, I mean, he, he's played both essentially the, the three, four defensive end four three. you know, he, he's, He's been Khalil Mack can play all over the place, so that's also a little bit of benefit there. Uh, but Mario Edwards Jr., huge fan of Mario Edwards Jr. I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but he actually played with Eddie Goldman at Florida State. Uh, he was a big uh, part of that Florida State defense in like 2014, back with the Jameis years. Um, you know, he was really good. They Eddie Goldman uh, and and Mario Edwards Jr. were actually drafted like four slots away from each other. Uh, so, so Eddie Goldman went in the second round, pick 35, uh, or sorry, Marcus, or sorry, Mario Edward Jr. went second round, pick 35 in 2015, and Goldman went second round, pick 39, so slightly after him. Uh, Mario Edwards Jr., it, it's, it's been a little bit of a play issue, but more, I think it just took him a little bit of time to kind of mature uh, in the NFL, and I, you know, maybe he's still not at that point. I know he's had, you know, a little bit of character issues as far as coming in the NFL. You know, we can debate those all we want. I know that, you know, the PEDs uh, that he got knocked on that. I mean, if we're being completely honest, pretty much everyone in the uh, not, I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of players use PEDs in the NFL. Uh, as with every single sport, it's just a matter of who gets caught, really. Um, and then the whole assault thing, but that ended up getting dropped because I think the other guy was at fault. If I remember correctly, the don't quote me on that, thing. but yeah, yeah, the whole, ugh, the little assault thing. No, I think he, I think someone like punched him at a bar. So Mario Edwards went at him or something. I can't remember exactly, but, um, yeah, during, I think the bigger issue was that he was going out during the COVID times. <laughs> I think that's the thing the team had a bigger issue with. Um, but yeah, Mario Edwards Jr., really good player. Uh, Bilal Nichols is more of like an Akeem Hicks guy, and I think that Bilal Nichols is going to be the Akeem Hicks quote-unquote replacement. Uh, but Mario Edwards Jr. is going to be just such a good uh, 
player to step in once Akeem Hicks finally leaves the team, which could be in the foreseeable future, next couple of years for sure. Or when he inevitably um, gets hurt this year too. Yeah, yeah, he's been – that's the other thing with Akeem Hicks. He's been having a lot of injury issues lately. Um, hopefully he knocks those this year because the defense will be – a lot of that has to do with how much the defense was on the field early in yep. the year. Um, hopefully our offense can have some more sustainable drives and more balance. Um, but yeah, let's go, let's go ahead and move on to the outside linebackers. Reese, you want to read them out for us? Yeah. We got Khalil Mack, um, Jeremiah Atachu, Travis Gibson, Charles Snowden, and Robert Quinn, Christian Jones, James Vodders, and the brother of Khalil Mack is back. <laughs> Ladarius Mack. <man. laughs> Yeah, and, and just for context, Christian Jones and Ladarius Mack, whatever website we're using right now, we're not. It's not to be named. They have them as both outside linebackers in our scheme. They're not. They're inside linebackers. So, uh, yeah. But Reese, what are your initial thoughts on? This? Well, of course, yeah, Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, of course, the standout there. I think um, Jeremiah Tachu. I, I, I'm curious to see what he can bring. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's originally on Denver before this, right? Mm-hmm. Denver, and he was pretty productive. He had like six sacks, and you know, a lot of Denver fans were calling for him to be re-signed. I wonder too. I know that he's technically usually on the same side that Cleo Mack would be on, but I wonder if you know if Robert Quinn struggles, do we see do we mm-hmm. see that replacement happen? You know, do we uh, do we yeah. see Atachu flip sides and see if it can just be a little bit better of a pairing and and ultimately this that's the mm. biggest topic about this outside linebacker is robert quinn that's what the question mark is yeah. here i mean there's really no question mark with Cleo mack i know people will make statements or whatever about his production but i don't think we really need to get into that today i mean he's he's a standout on this defense he's a monster. he will be you know for as long as he's a bear okay the mm. question is robert quinn that's the question i mean it can he produce you know at the contract that he was brought in for Look great in the first game yeah. of the season, and what look great in the last, or like the last couple? He, he you know, yeah. Like, towards towards the end of the season, yeah. towards the end of the season, Robert Quinn started looking a little bit better, but it was just on and off, man. It was just on and off. To be fair, it, that was kind of the entire defense as a whole. But, but yeah, when you bring someone in like him, and that's the narrative, the storyline was that okay, Cleo Mack got his got his basically you know pass rush partner, you know. That, that's that's what the storyline mm-hmm. was and we haven't seen it and you know ultimately that's what's gonna limit or you know make this you know outside linebacker tandem flourish you know Cleo Mack's gonna bring it mm-hmm. but can Robert Quinn even elevate his play a little bit more by you know basically being a threat and if Robert Quinn isn't a mm-hmm. threat then you know defense can spend all the time in the world trying to, to limit Cleo Mack but when you bring in that front three, and if Robert Quinn can also consistently bring a pass rush, then Cleo Mack is going to have a career year. He'll have a career year. He will have an amazing year if Robert Quinn can can really be a good compliment to him. Um, but enough of that. I think ultimately where the depth is at, uh, I know, yeah, Christian Jones isn't quite. James Waters, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said I really knew a, a lot about him. I think Travis Gibson is... You know he's exciting. I, I like. I'm excited. I, I liked him. a little bit of what we saw from him last year. I think ultimately too. I mean, he's someone that could be eyeing up. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn's spot too. I, he's someone that if he has a really good camp, if he stands out, has a great camp, and then Robert mm-hmm. Quinn has a slow start to the season, 
we could see him slowly kind of wean in and get certain reps at that position. Um, and also, too, I mean, Khalil Mack does need a break. I mean, he's someone that, um, you know, I, I like to see him out on the field as much as he can, but also I want, you know, Khalil Mack to be fresh 100% on as many plays as possible, too. So it'll be good to see him kind of rotate into that position, um, you know, maybe on like second downs or, you know, non-obvious passing situations, something like that, you know, certain downs where you don't necessarily need to feel like you have Khalil Mack out there. Um, you know, I, I felt like we saw good things from Travis Gibson and he is, you know, he's decently mobile too. I mean, he's not someone that, you know, you necessarily fear if you have to drop him off into the flat, he's someone that, you know, does have that range, does have that speed and capability to, to chase down, um, you know, a running back or something like that. So ultimately I'm excited what he can do in year two. Um, and just, I would like to see him get snaps. I mean, it's gonna be tough for him to kind of crack, um, crack in and get a lot of opportunity, but someone that I'd certainly like to see, you know, more of that. Yeah. You know, the, the way that the bears are looking at Jeremiah Tachu is kind of the same uh, way that they're kind of viewing Mario Edwards in the way that, you know, Robert Quinn, you have to hope Robert Quinn's going to rebound. I think he will this year. I think that the way Robert Quinn, Robert Quinn is kind of a weird career. He, he goes through these slumps of like where he has like not great play and then he has years where he plays absolutely excellent, like what he did with the Dallas Cowboys pretty recently. Um, I think that Robert Quinn will have an up year this year, just kind of based on the trajectory of his career goes. Really, it's going to be a roll of the dice. Not a huge Robert Quinn fan as of right now because of just everything that we saw. I would like to see him be better. I think he will be better. Um, but that's still definitely a question mark. Uh, Jeremiah Tachu, I think the Bears view him, again, like I was saying, like Mario Edwards, where he's going to be – our primary rotational guy. He's going to give Khalil Mack rest. He's going to give Robert Quinn rest. You know, they're not looking at him as maybe different in the way than Edwards. I don't think they see Jeremiah Tachu as ever being a starter for this team. I see him as being a really, really high-end rotational backup, a guy who could start for some teams. And then Travis Gibson, I think that they look at him as a potential replacement for Robert Quinn when that time comes about. You know, playing defensive end, or sorry, I guess outside linebacker here, edge rusher in general in the NFL is a very difficult position. Uh, it takes time. Travis Gibson, though, has everything athletically you can want. Out of the times that he was on the field, he didn't get a whole bunch of sacks, but he flashed to me. Like, you saw the athleticism. You saw the power and strength. Uh, he's one of those guys where you look at him and you're like, if you can just continue to refine your technique, you could be a really good pass, pass rusher in the NFL someday. And that's why I like out of Travis Gibson. Uh, I think that he's going to be a, a good a good player for us, and I think that he has potential to be that Robert Quinn replacement next year. I feel like Robert Quinn, no matter how he plays, we're probably going to end up cutting him next year because he's getting older. Um, so, you know, I think that Travis Gibson could potentially be that replacement starter. If Travis Gibson can come in and win the job from Robert Quinn, that's a huge win for the Bears. Oh, yeah. Like right out the back, that's a huge win for the Bears. I would love that. Um, but I, I do have – I am high on Travis Gibson. James Waters, you know, he's a he's a good backup guy. He played with the Packers for a little bit. It was pretty good there. He's been with the team now for almost three years. Uh, we don't get to see a lot of him, which is probably a good thing, but he <laughs> tends to be more of a backup guy, um, you know, as far as Charles Snowden, uh, I like Charles Snowden. He, a lot of people compared him to like Leonard Floyd. Uh, he's very raw, but super talent, talented, athletic, you know, lengthy, does not have 
really an ounce of technique, if I'm being completely honest. But one of those guys where that's why he went undrafted. But one of those guys where you wonder if, you know, if he gets the certain right set of scenario, if he could be a good contributing uh, contributing piece in the NFL someday. Uh, really, this is a deep edge rusher room. Uh, again, it's really going to depend on Robert Quinn, how it plays out. Uh, it's going to be interesting seeing who doesn't make the roster. There's probably a decent chance that almost all these guys make the roster that we just mentioned. Um, and they, 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 they go thin at other positions, obviously Christian Jones, uh, Ladarius Mack, they're not, uh, in, in this conversation. So really we're talking about one, two, six edge rushers, which, you know, isn't unheard of in the NFL, uh, keeping them on your roster. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I believe it. I mean, I think there's maybe, you know, one name out of there that could be possibly taken out. And I wouldn't really want to venture a guess right now who that would be. But like you said, Vodders or Snowden, Vodders or Snowden. Yeah. Vodders is going to be more consistent, but Snowden's going to have that higher upside. So it's just going to depend on how they feel about the guys in front of them, which direction they want to go, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's a good read. And then ultimately to wrap it all up, we got the inside linebackers. Um, of course, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, they're your one and two. Well, not say one and two, mm-hmm. but your your right and left inside linebackers. I mean, I, I don't really know how much has to be said about Roquan Smith. I think that you and I are pretty much over the moon about him and, you know, basically anticipated that huge year that he had. Danny Trevathan's been interesting. I think I was about ready to cut, <laughs> cut him at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. but really kind of recovered um, – his season where I don't feel like he's a huge liability, but of course have my concerns about him, you know, dropping back into coverage and stuff like Who's that. Who's behind these guys? That's, this is that's, this, the depth here is terrible. That's the question. I think the one that I feel good about is Josh Woods. I think he's been consistent. Um, nah, I hate Josh. You know, I think Josh Woods is terrible. You don't like Josh Woods at all? No, I, I like Christian Jones here personally, I, I, but he's old school. He's too old school at the same time. Yeah, but at least to me, I mean, I feel like Josh Woods, like when he has stepped in, hasn't been like the biggest liability in the world. But I'd be lying if I said I liked any of mm-hmm. the steps. I don't really like any of it. You know, maybe it, Austin Cilantro over here is gonna gonna play. Cilantro. I don't even know who that Calitro? is. Calitro. <laughs> yeah. The disrespect. Cilantro, Mr. Cilantro. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we're split on Josh Woods. Joel Iwabungle. I mean, <clears throat> he's tough. Maybe maybe he after Christian Jones is one of the better options. I mean Christian Jones is is good. Um, I, you know I'm excited. You know hopefully we don't have to see him on the field all too much. I mean if we do, we'll probably be replacing Danny Trevathan because he kind of has more of the checkered injury history. Um, but yeah, I mean I think Christian Jones. Eh, yeah, he's probably the better option compared to Josh Woods. I mean Josh Woods does bring some good special teams. Um, value, so I'd definitely see him making the roster. But after that, yeah, Austin Calitro, Caleb Johnson. I mean, yikes! I don't know, man. This this yeah, this, this is that. the weak spot of the defense. If if either of these inside linebackers go down, that's when you hit the panic button because we don't have the uh, the Kwiatkowski anymore. You know, we don't have that that no. person that can fill in that we feel really confident about. Um, and. and not that that was necessarily a mistake because the Bears weren't ever going to be able to afford to keep someone like Kwiatkowski, you know, to have him as a backup because, you know, he's given a much bigger role of the 49ers. Or no, 49ers or Raiders? One of the two. Raiders, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Um, given a much bigger role with the Raiders. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is it's a concern. 
And the problem is, is that they needed to address that need in the draft because there wasn't really any great options and still isn't in the free agency market to really to really patch that hole. I mean, this is something that mm-hmm. next year, along with probably picking up maybe another corner, another safety, is picking up a, a quality inside linebacker. And the thing is, is that can be done in the second and third round. Uh, they just, you know, of course, I, I'm not Definitely. questioning what the Bears did in this this draft. I mean, they had a great draft. They did what they needed to do. They needed to focus on the offensive side of the ball. But certainly, I think in the next draft, they need to patch up the, some of these holes. I mean, you know, Roquan mm-hmm. Smith is, you know, in my opinion, an all pro, probably should have been an all pro last year, I think, as a future all pro for sure. Um, Danny Trevathan, say what you will, getting a little bit up there in age. They're definitely going to need to look for his replacement sometime soon. Um, and, and then the rest of this, I mean, I think after Christian Jones put an asterisk by Josh Woods, and then the rest of these guys really wouldn't feel confident about them stepping into a, a role that has any kind of starting capacity. If Roquan Smith was on any team, he would be in the Pro Bowl every single year, like any other team. But because the Bears have such a good defense, I feel like a lot of people kind of downplay his role in the defense uh, because of so. Even though this defense largely started becoming really good when he stepped in the, in the team, also with Khalil Mack, of course, can't forget about that. But still, Danny Trevathan... Here's my question. I like Danny Trevathan a lot. I think he played actually really good at the end of the year. But both of the Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are not. I mean, Roquan Smith is mostly healthy, but Danny Trevathan is mostly unhealthy every single year. He tends to have an injury or two every single year. So you know that we're going to see some of these other guys play, regardless of what what you think about Roquan Smith and his health status. Uh, I mean, look back at when we were playing the Saints in the playoff this past year. I mean, one of the big holes we had, we didn't have either of our starting inside linebackers. We literally had uh, Mr. Online Girlfriend himself, Catfish himself, <laughs> what's his name, Teo. Monty Teo. Yeah, yeah, Monty Teo. You know, like, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to poke fun at him about that. You know, obviously we're just saying It's whatever at this point. I mean, humor. who cares? It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's honestly funny how much of a, like, how much that was publicized over like it was just so overly publicized about him i mean i feel like there's a lot of people that end up getting catfish i'm sure a lot of other nfl players have been as well um but you know at, at the end of the day i mean look this this depth is horrible joel joel Buniwe, he's been good on special teams you know he has he had a lot of intriguing upside you can see why they picked him but he is just he's I mean, he's just not the player that I think that they thought that he was going to turn out to be. Again, another good special teams piece. You know, he, he, he serves well there. But as an inside linebacker, man, the fact that they were able to sign someone, they signed someone to start over him almost immediately um, once uh, once Roquan Smith went down with Monte Teo. I mean, that's, that's not a good sign for your fourth-round pick. Um, so, yeah, definitely not too high on him. Josh Woods, I shouldn't say he's terrible. I think that he is going to be a perennial back of the roster type of guy in the NFL. I think he's going to stick around. Um, maybe he just randomly flashes this year. He's stuck with the team for a couple of years. He's a good guy uh, as a person, but I don't necessarily think that he is even a, a backup. I don't think that he's necessarily your primary backup at inside linebacker. I, I guess the Bears would disagree there because they clearly didn't add anybody. Christian Jones, I like Christian Jones. I think he's a good player. I wonder, honestly, truthfully, I think out of this group, Christian Jones is going to be the primary backup here. Yeah, I'd say um, that, that's, that's but, yeah, easily. 
but the question, and maybe they they bet on okay, if Danny Trevathan goes down, and you throw in Christian Jones. Um, he's more of a hard hitting guy. Can Roquan Smith kind of make up the negatives of Christian Jones' games when it comes to coverage and other aspects like that? Possibly. They possibly, don't have a good compliment there. Mark, they just you know? really don't. Fly yeah, out. they. They, yeah, they don't. So, like, the question is, like, when are you going to add to this inside linebacker depth? Ladarius Mack, he has a ton of good skill set, but the question is, is he going to develop into anything? That's a huge question mark. And these other guys, you know, I'm not going to speak on, you know, Caleb Johnson or Austin Calitro, but at the end of the day, they're definitely not proven NFL backups. And not that we need a proven NFL backup, but I'd like to at least have a high upside guy. I would have liked if somehow this year they got a guy, they brought in a guy that was going to sit behind Danny Trevathan and develop into his eventual replacement. But we didn't, and I know we had limited draft capital. We, we got up and we got our quarterback. I'm not complaining about this draft, but I'm just saying I would have liked to see that um, at some point in the draft, even if it's in the seventh round. Yeah. Yeah, I think all in all, you know, to sum it up, when you look at this defense, like, it's certainly strong. It's great. I think that, you know, kind of ended it out on a little bit of the down note as far as looking at the inside linebackers. But don't let that, you know, kind of take away the fact that, you know, both you and I are very positive about where this defense is sitting at. And ultimately what they need, the biggest help that they need on defense is like you you brought it up a little bit earlier, balance on the offense, time of possession. Mm-hmm. That is going to do wonders for this defense, yeah. especially in cutting down injuries and making sure that, you know, hopefully some of these guys we don't necessarily want to fill in don't have to fill in. And I think if everything goes to plan, I mean, we could be looking at another top five defense this year, but if they're left out on the mm-hmm. field to dry and, and, and to be tuckered out all game long, could be much worse. There's certainly a lot lower of a bottom too. So they need help. I mean, and we went over the offense. I think things are looking and getting a little bit better on that side of the ball, but you know, the offense is the defense's best friend and they got to, they got to get that fixed up and ready to go. I think that this is a defense that, you know, we're looking at Eddie Jackson to have a bigger year. I think Desai, I'm excited to see what he can do with this defense. It's going to be a new look to them. I think both you and I are, are very excited to hopefully get a little bit more of that aggressive edge that, you know, Vic Fangio's mm-hmm. scheme had in there. Of course, this is Desai's system, so it's not going to be completely similar, and we shouldn't expect it to be a, a copy and paste. But at the very least, I think we're going to get some – you know, hopefully some of those frustrations that we have with Pagano are out of the window and, you know, at least positive heading into the year. Um, and, and we're gonna have to see how some things shake out and, you know, independently, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just what this defense can accomplish if they do have that more balanced offense. Yeah. You, you summed it up perfectly. I think what the bears have really bet on this year is that this defense is going to return to form under Desai, And then when they get at least, I mean, we can say all we want about Andy Dalton. He is an okay starter in this league. Serviceable. That's what he is. You, yeah, he's a serviceable starter. He, you know, with the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, honestly, you can even argue that he might be even better because he had a long-term starting position with with uh, Cincy. You know, like he is. He's never going to be. I mean, Andy Dalton's not going to be making the Pro Bowl next year. <laughs> That's certainly not the case. But he's going to be much better than I think the really like since any of the Bears quarterbacks since Cutler. I mean, he's a very he's kind of Cutler esque in that same range mm-hmm. towards the end of Cutler's career. You know, like he 
I mean, the I mean, the around the NFL podcast has the the quote unquote Dalton scale, or that was what they called it, where they compared. They thought that Andy Dalton was the most average quarterback in the NFL. Maybe now that's not the case. Maybe he's a little yeah. bit worse, slightly worse. Probably, than that, but probably still. probably still the case. I think we we buy we read too much into the struggles that we had with that he had with Dallas. But I think when you actually watch the game, I mean, it was games like he wasn't just absolutely abhorrible, you know. No. He wasn't. He was He was decent, and I think that's what we're going to see play out here. And if that happens, this defense is going to take a step forward. Also with guys like Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith, you're betting they take another step. Um, you know, I, and I don't think they're necessarily wrong in that thinking, but I have to say that this defense has gotten a little bit top-heavy, um, and they, they need some guys in the, in the works for some replacement players. Uh, it's getting a little bit older, uh, and we, we need to be ready to account for that. So. Other than that, man, uh, do you have any anything else to say? No, I mean somehow we stretched this out into another you know hour plus podcast, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, once again, you know, got that written review in there today. Would love to read off a couple more next week. Um, appreciate appreciate all the support that's going on. I promise we're gonna get some more YouTube videos up very soon, uh, along with this podcast. So. Yeah, appreciate all the support and uh, everything everyone's been doing. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy it. Spend some time with family. And, uh, yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, this was our 75th episode, so getting really close to 100. Uh, that's going to be an exciting milestone once that happens. Uh, if we continue at this place pace, it'll be 25 weeks until we reach that milestone, which can be crazy. Yep. Um, you know, very exciting. We're very excited to you know, continue to be here with you guys and continue to grow. Uh, hey, if you, you know, if you have some Bears fans in your life, go ahead and send our podcast over to them. See if they like it. We'd really appreciate it. Really, if everyone literally sent it to their friend, at least one friend, and then that one friend sent it to another friend, and, and we can get this, you know, chain going, kind of like a pyramid scheme almost, <laughs> you know. Maybe maybe we'll be able to uh, grow this uh, quicker than we have been currently, even though we have been growing at a pretty fast pace. So thank you guys so much. We're excited for this next season, our second full season on the podcast. And uh, outside of the podcast, we're just excited for this Bears team, man. I'm excited for Justin Fields. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. And also, I, I just feel like the Bears have a bright future now. Now we can actually be happy uh, for what's going on. So with that, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Uh, and listening to the entire podcast if you're here at this point, and bear down. Bear down.